Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Let's look to the Lord in prayer and then we are going to uh, to delve or dive deep uh, into the Word of God. Father, we, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation. We pray that you would open our eyes today. We pray that you would unlock the incredible future that you have already designed for our lives. We pray that people from all over the world, all over the the city would lock in and realize that you are giving us the keys that will unlock the greatness that you desire for us to walk in. Father, we bind every distraction. We bind every annoyance in the name of Jesus. But we pray that we would be focused and that we would center in. And so, Father, right now, we take authority over our entire year. And we declare by the Spirit of the living God that our times are in your hand. We declare by the Spirit of the living God that everything that you have written concerning us shall come to pass. We declare by the Spirit of the living God that even our children, all of our children, shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. By the Spirit of the living God, we step into everything that you have designed for us. We thank you for your invitation. We thank you that you are inviting us to the upgrade. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and somebody say amen and amen. So here's what I, here, so, so what we're going to do today is we're going to do, this is crowning your year with goodness, and we are going to focus on uh, vision. We're going to focus on vision. So one of the things that I, I want you to realize that God is always trying to do, he is always interested in upgrading your life. Put that in the chat. He is always interested in upgrading your life. In other words, when God looks at you, he looks at what's missing in my daughter's life. What's missing in my son's life? And when he looks at you and he sees what's missing, he says it is time for you to get an upgrade. Put upgrade in the chat, please. Place upgrade, say, Lord, I am expecting you today the beginning of the, this, the first day of spring, I am expecting you to upgrade my life. Now, here's the other thing that I really want you to get a revelation on. God is always inviting you to embrace his life. So, so essentially, what you're, essentially what you're trying to get is you are essentially trading your life for his life. You have to embrace this. So when he, so when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died or he crucified and he buried your old life, your old life of sin, your old life of missing the mark. And so when Jesus appears in resurrection, 
He's saying, I want you to embrace my life. So you are trading the old life for a new life. And this is why in the scripture, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. They are higher. And so what God is saying, that your old life has been buried. Not only did he die for you, he died as you. So everything that is counter, everything that is contrary to God's intention for your life, he crucified that life. He crucified it, he, he buried it, and he's saying, I want you, son, I want you, daughter, to embrace the new life, the new life in Christ, and in that new life, that's the part that God is speaking to. That's the part of you that is crowned with the goodness of God. That's the part of you that the kingdom is trying to manifest through. It's, the, it's what we call the new man because the old man has been crucified. And that's why he says, in Christ, old things have passed away but all things have become new in Christ Jesus. So what he's doing is he's constantly wooing us, inviting us to embrace the life that he has already designed. Jeremiah says it like this. My thoughts, Jeremiah says it like this, before I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you and I ordained you and I already set you up. And so we need to embrace that God has already designed a plan for us. He's already designed a hope and a future for us. Now here's the mystery. He allows us, he allows us to discover what he has already created for us. So why does he allow us to discover it? He allows us to discover it because once we discover it, it's ours. We are in possession of it. We own it. And so that is why it's important for us to realize that he has already set this thing up for us. Now, here's the last thing that I want to say concerning this new life. The Spirit of God gives us the grace. Grace does not simply mean the unmerited favor of God. But grace also means the enablement, the anointing to capture or to walk out what he already designed for you. So you need the grace, Blake. The grace enables you to step into what he already saw for your life. You need God's grace. You need God's favor to walk into something that is beyond anything that your parents imagined. Now, here's what the enemy does. The enemy moves through blindness. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded your heart so that you're alienated from the life of God. So here's the, here's the reality. 
The reality is, if you don't get enough truth in you as to who you are and what God really says about you, you will still be the walking dead. You can sing on the choir, you can come to church, you can read your Bible, you can do all of that, but if you don't have the truth that, that literally shatters the old man and opens up for you who you are in Christ, then you'll wind up living a dead life. And so God is trying to say that I'm constantly trying to remove the blinders over your heart so that you can really step in to who you are. Somebody say, step in to who you really are. Now, here's the first thing that I want to show you, and it is... It's a paradigm for how we can be crowned with the goodness of God. The first dynamic is all of us have to understand that we are not an accident. We are born with a purpose. We are here for a reason. This is your time. Now you don't know how many years you have, but we do know that this is your time. And that is why you cannot waste your time. David said before he died, I must serve, I must donate, I must contribute to my generation. My generation must know that I live. They must know that I was around. They must know that I was on the scene. They must know that I was a game changer. And so that is very important that God, for you to realize that God birthed you to literally be a game changer, not weak, not a loser, not a pawn, but he designed you to be a game changer. In fact, God is the only one who makes kings. In other words, he's a king maker. In other words, in order for you to be a kingmaker, you have to be a king. He is a king. And so he loves you so much that he desires for you to rule, for you to be an influencer in the earth the same way in which he influences the heavens. He says, listen, I'm invisible. I live in the invisible realm. I live in what you call the glory realm. But I, as an act of my love, I'm going to give you the authority to influence the world for my glory. Now, guess what's locked up in that? What's locked up in that is your satisfaction. What's locked up in that is your peace. What's locked up in that is everything that you could ever imagine. It's all locked up in God's purpose for your life. Am I making sense to you? It's all locked up in there. And so what I want you to know is that God's future is not out there. Hear me when I say this. God's future for your life is not outside of you. Your future is not around you. Your future is inside of you. 
That's why you can live in peace because everything that he designed for you to become is inside of you. And so the Bible says this, purpose in the heart of a man, not your physical heart, but it's in your subconscious mind, purpose in the heart of a man is like deep water, but it takes a man or woman of understanding to draw it out. So God is saying success for him is an inside job. It's inside of you. That's why you got to learn how to spend time with yourself. Spend time with God because he's going to begin to expose what's inside of you. That's why you got to learn how to seek solitude. That's why you have to learn how to be quiet. Don't, don't be afraid of being alone. Don't be afraid of those quiet times because that's how you're going to hear the voice of God to tap into what's inside of you so you can listen to the Holy Ghost who's trying to reveal what he birthed before you were in your, your mother's womb. So I want you to know that your future is inside of you. So here's the first thing that I want you to show. I want you to put this up on the screen, the Great Commission. The Great Commission. The Great Commission. Now, all of us, all of us have a, a co-mission. That means we are, we, it's a corporate mission that we are all a part of. And so God is, and it, that corporate mission is this. And Jesus came and he spoke to them and he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of this age. Now, it's very interesting here. There's another interpretation that says, go into the world. That word world means cosmos. It's the same word that we use to get the word cosmetics from. So in other words, he's saying, I want you to go into the makeup of the world and be a witness for me. I want you to, to go where people are. Jesus. On your block, on your job, on your community, or in your community, in your neighborhood, in the finance industry, in the entertainment industry, in the sports world, the youth sports world, whatever that world might be, he's saying, I want you to go wherever people are, and I want you to be a witness of the claim that Jesus is king, that Jesus can resurrect and redirect and restore your whole life. I'm still fired up from yesterday 
One of our members, they lost their grandson to gun violence about two weeks ago. They had the, the funeral yesterday, and I had to officiate, do the whole service. It's nothing but young people. Nothing, nothing but young people. I was exposed to a whole different world. Everybody had hoodies on. Everybody had 990 New Balances on. Everybody had the, the white Air Force Ones on. It was a, it was a whole uh, expose of a different culture. And God spoke to me. There's a number of people that got saved yesterday. God spoke to me. He said, son, I need you to go into that world. It's a whole, I need you to engage that culture. They're right there. And I said, Lord, I said, Lord, how, how do we do it? He said, you see that young man that was right over there? He said, you see that other young lady? You know them. You have their phone number. I want you to begin to, I want you to call them. I want you to meet with them. I want you to, to, to go into their world. I want you to engage them. And he, and he said, he said, you have no right. He said this, he said, you have no right to judge them for what they were doing, for how they did it. He said, because that's all they know. That's all they know. They, 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 they don't even know certain things. They don't even know that certain things are going to happen after you die. They don't even know certain uh, aspects. He said, that is why you need to go into the world. Here's what I'm saying to you. You want your year to be crowned with goodness? Reach for somebody. Reach for somebody that's in pain. Call them. Meet with them. Take them to lunch. B, take the initiative to say, I'm going to meet with that young lady. Ain't about a program, ain't about anybody seeing it, but I am going to take the initiative to go with compassion, with passion, recognize somebody's pain, and I'm going to see, um, what, I'm going to see what the challenge is. There were another number of uh, young ladies that, that came up. They said, forgive me, forgive me for the cigarette, forgive me for the blunt. This, this is, forgive me for this, but where's your church at? They said, uh, you're holding a cigarette to the side, like, where's, uh, how do I, uh, how do I get in contact with you? I'm angry with God. Can you, can you answer some of these questions for me? Give me your, give me your email. Give me your cell phone number. I am saying to you that as we take the mission of God seriously to go into the world, God will honor you. He will correct some stuff in your life. In other words, let me say it like this. There are certain things that will never be corrected in your life until you go. There are certain things that will never happen. There are certain things that he will, there are certain doors that he will never open unless you obey him around this mission of engaging the world. I, yesterday, I saw pain. I saw tangible pain, but I also saw 
the hope of the gospel do its work. I also saw the Holy Spirit move on young people. I also saw how powerful it is when believers and saints show up. And then God said this to me, it's right over there this morning. He said, son, I'm gonna show you how to get on the other side of death. I'm gonna show you how to get them before the funeral. I'm gonna show you how to engage them because they show up in droves at the funeral to give respect for their homie. But I'm gonna show you the other side. Now here's what I'm saying to you. As you settle in and you start to say, God, show me your dream. Show me what you desire. He'll show it to you, little by little. How does he show it to you? He starts to put it on your heart. And he'll say, son, daughter, make the call. Show up for somebody. Your niece needs you. Your nephew needs you. Your cousin is on the edge. So many of your family members have stopped growing. We usually stop growing at the place where we were traumatized. He said, I'm gonna raise you up, son, daughter. I'm gonna raise you up to speak to that thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so your level of satisfaction is connected to the corporate mission of God. Now watch this, I just wanna say it in one word. That corporate mission of God, which is to go and to be a witness, is about advancing, get this in your notes, it's about advancing the kingdom of God. Watch this, advancing the peace of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy produced by the Holy Ghost. So you advance the Prince of Peace. You advance righteousness. You advance love. You advance joy. How do you advance it? Be present. Be present. Start showing up. Start engaging pain. Start, and then when you start engaging pain, you will begin to you be used as an instrument by God to reconcile. Dag, I, I grew up without a father. Dag, my mom hated me. Dag, I grew up in a loveless home. I grew up in poverty. And now you're talking to me about purpose. You're talking to me about the riches of God. This must be God. People are waiting for you to engage them. Now, the enemy does his job because the enemy, he will get that much more aggressive to make sure they never see, to make sure that they remain blind, to make sure that they remain ignorant. And that's why you have to pray. That's why you have to pray. Now, let me show you this. Now, the, the next slide is I wanna show you is kingdom citizens on mission. So in the context, this is the beauty of God. In the context of a love relationship with God, I wanna show you kingdom citizens on mission. In the context of a love relationship with God, God allows you to be you. In the context of his corporate, his co-mission, he allows you to find yourself. He wouldn't be a good God if he said that, I'm asking you to advance my kingdom, but I never allow you to find April. 
I never allow you to find Blake. I never allow you to find Bob Duckett. He's saying that in the context of a love relationship with me, I want you to find you. God is not just interested in you knowing him and you never know you. The challenge is you say, well, I'm just waiting for God. God is saying, I'm waiting for you to show up. I'm waiting for you to manifest yourself. Why? Because people need to see that you are authentic. People need to see that you have become something. People need to see, oh, Dad, I remember when he was smoking weed. Dad, I remember when he was shooting dice with us. I remember that, and all of that was the old man. But now I see the new man in Christ. And some people have never seen that before. So we did all these trainings. Let me show you the first person that developed their personal mission statement, Sylvia Hurd. She is incredible. Let me, show you, let me read hers for you. So Sylvia Hurd went through the mission statement training and Sylvia Hurd says this, she's on fire. She says, my mission is to provoke, awake. Now, by the way, she's a lover of Jesus. My mission is to provoke, awake, and imagine while expressing the values of faith, gratefulness, and beauty for women in pursuit of their dreams. So in the context of a love relationship with God, she has found her own passion. This woman, this woman right here is a business owner. She attends to come to church in Philadelphia. She's a business owner. She's on fire. And by the way, shout out, she's part of uh, Generation, she's part of Generation X. So she's doing big things. Let me go to the next one. Carla Hill. Oh, Minister Hal Oliver, got you. All right, so Minister Hal Oliver, he says, my mission is to reveal, revive, and, co and connect youth and families in effective earth stewardship through loving, truthful engagement. Let me read that again. His mission is to reveal, to revive, and connect youth and families in effective earth stewardship through loving, truthful engagement. When, he, when, when, when Minister Howe shared this at the training that we did two weeks ago, people were like, yo, that's your decent. Yo. He was glad to get it in words. Why is it important? God gives you the authority to name what it's gonna be. You have to put a word on the type of life you want to live. Minister Howe cares about the earth. He cares about families. He cares about generational thinking and generational anointing. Show me the next one. Brother John Mosley. He says, my mission is to cultivate, inspire, and coordinate a standard of excellence and integrity as I become a confident, competent minister funding endowment consultant, missionary, representative, and international prayer ambassador. This thing is incredible. This is Minister John Mosley, and let me show you the last one. Carla Hill. She says her mission is to connect, resource, and empower others while expressing the values of professionalism, wisdom, and growth to maximize individuals in their career and professional development. Here's what I wanna to say to you, and here's the mistake people make all the time. People 
have this belief that God isn't interested in prospering you. If you keep his mission at the center of your life, at the center of your heart, at the center of your life, he will, he's, he's, he, remember God is a gentleman. He's constantly wooing you to say, let me show you what's next for you. He's inviting you to see what's next. Now here's the deal. All of these, all of these mission statements that I've shown you, now they need to take the next step. The next step is, what do you see? What do you see for your life? How do you envision this all unfolding? So let me give you this. So I'm gonna give you some definitions of uh, vision. If you go to that first one, coming soon. So I want you to think about this. This is kind of like the hallmark of how you want to see your life. What's coming from, what's, what's emerging from your life? What can we expect to see? So if this young lady, Sylvia Hurd, says that my mission is to uh, do something incredible for the pursuit of women in their dreams, what do you see yourself doing? Do you have a business? Are you writing books? Have you started a company? What do you see yourself doing? What's coming soon from your life? What do you see for your family? What do you see for your children? What do you see for your marriage? What do you see for your community? What's your vision for your spiritual life? How much power do you want to walk in? How much anointing do you want to walk in? How much grace do you want to walk in? How much money do you want to have? What do you want to build? God he, he almost gives you a blank check and he says in the confines of a love relationship with you I'm going to give you the space to to dream to see how far you can go before you're out of time before you expire and that's the tragedy of young people dying that's the tragedy of young people dying that they never got a chance to see. They never got a chance to dream. They never got a chance to become. And so we got to pause and say, what's my vision? What am, what am I seeing? So let me give you some, let me give you some principles of uh, vision, what vision is. Here's the first one. I want you to write this down. If you're not writing it down, please take a uh, screenshot Vision is a glimpse of your purpose. It's when you say to yourself, if you were doing you and you were in motion, what does that look like? Are you traveling all around the world doing seminars? Have you written 25 best-selling books? Have you engaged a whole youth culture to, be, to, 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 to receive the kingdom of God? Vision is a glimpse of your 
purpose. Here's the next one. Vision is a clear portrait of conditions that do not currently exist, but which can exist. It is a strong mental image of your future. I want to say this to you again. You have the authority to literally create a picture, a vision of a reality that doesn't yet exist, but it exists in your heart and it exists in your mind. And that's why it will take you to live by faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. What do you see for your community? You already, listen, listen, when you look at the murder rate in the, in the city of Philadelphia, you already know what the vision, of, for the, the, the vision Satan has. The vision that Satan has is to steal, kill, and destroy, and make sure you never live. People are robbed of their fathers. People are, you, you, you are, you, 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 you have, you have women now because of the, the onslaught of so many men who are dying, you have a collapse in the marriage institution. People just not available. So what's our vision for our children? What's our vision for our families? I, I, was, I was reading a story by, can I get a towel? I was reading a story by Warren Buffett, and he said he's one of the richest men in the world. And he said, the most important thing that I can do for my children is to make sure they find meaningful work. Meaningful work. Because what does work do? Work exposes you to yourself. Work helps you manifest yourself. It helps you become. And so that's how powerful this whole dynamic is. So here's, the la here's one of the, the last principles of vision. Vision is the capacity to, to see things as they could be. It is the capacity to see things as they could be. To see, your, to, see your, to see your body as it could be. To see your health as it could be. To see your future as it could be. That's why vision, visionaries are, the, the dreamers are the saviors of the world. It was kind of like Martin Luther King who said, I have a dream of the beloved community. And so it's, it's, it, he said, I see something beyond racism. I see something beyond hatred. And so vision is the capacity to see th things as they could be. So here's some quick principles of vision, because I really want you to get this down. Vision gives you hope, and it protects your focus. Vision gives you hope, and it protects your focus.
Sometimes we see people that are just doing everything. They're the jack of all trades and the, the, the masters of none. And so if you have a clear vision of what it is that's supposed to happen in your life, it actually protects your focus. And when you lose your focus, guess what you lose? You lose your energy. Then you'd start losing your time and ultimately you lose your life. Here's the next big thing about vision. Vision is generational. Making a contribution to humanity that is bigger than your death. Here's the reality. What I want you to understand is that your vision is never just for you. There are people that benefit. There are people that will be inspired just because you dreamed. I'll give you an example. Many of you have probably been to uh, Disney World. Thank you. And Walt Disney, he said, my mission in life is to use my imagination to make children happy. So Walt Disney said, he said, I want to dedicate my whole life to making children happy. But his vision was Snow White. His vision was Mickey Mouse. His vision was Tinker. His vision was Disney World, Disneyland, all of that. And, and there was one theme park that he never saw before he died, but he envisioned it. Here's my point to you. When you, your life is so significant that your life should speak for you hundreds of years after you're gone. In other words, we cannot afford to simply live for one generation. You ever see, you ever see people where they have to start over every generation, struggling to go to college? struggling with an inheritance, struggling with the money, struggling to get a house. Everybody is just struggling. And so what you create is a cycle of generational poverty, of generational struggle, generational struggle. But we have, when we have vision, when we are thinkers, we have the ability to break those cycles. We have the ability to break the cycles where everybody in my family saved. Everybody in my family loves God. Everybody in my family is doing meaningful work. Everybody is wealthy. Everybody is crowned with goodness. Everybody is healthy. Isn't that incredible? Everybody loves God. Everybody is a witness. Everybody can travel. Everybody is free. Everybody is in authority. Everybody is a king. That's what God desires. And God is saying, I want that to pass down for thousands of generations. And here's the point that I want you to understand. To do that, it will cost you. Vision will bring discipline to your life. You are not really lazy. Vision is the one that focuses you and gives you discipline. Vision says, listen, I've worked all week and vision says you gotta do the funeral. You gotta do the burial. Then you got to call up and follow up on them. And so that's why you got to have a vision of being healthy. 
That's why you have to have a vision of, of, of the right food you got to eat. That's why you got to do the push-ups, the sit-ups. You got to run. Why? Because you need your body to finish your work. That's why God is interested in healing you. Why is God interested in healing you? He wants to heal you because you got work to do. That's why you can tell God, God, I don't need to be sick. I need to be whole because I got work to do. I got young boys to flip. I got people I got to get married to reset them to be what you design them to become. And then God will say, now listen, I'm gonna allow you to write a book about it so you can make millions of dollars. So you never have to charge when I ask you to do something for free. He'll create another lane where you can get paid, where you can be compensated. And people will say, ask what you want. I'll give you whatever you want, long as you show up, long as you are present. That's why when you start to follow God, Everything chases you. That's why he said, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Isn't it crowning your year with goodness? When you step into what he desires for you to have. There was a young lady that she graduated from my school. She said, Mr. Barlow, Mr. Barlow, I'm getting married. I'm 26 years old. She said, of all people that I want to be there. I want my principal to be there. I want you to say something. I want you to give the charge over my new marriage because when I was in your school, you helped reset me. That's what God is saying. You help reset me. God will use you to help reset somebody else's life. You ever see somebody get mad? and press the reset button on a game, and they needed that reset too. And people need a reset. So watch this, watch this. Now watch, let me give you the next one, Vision Chooses. Y'all gonna get mad at this one, Vision Chooses. Now here's why we get in trouble. Vision Chooses. Vision chooses your future. Vision chooses your friends. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I tell people all the time, you married your mind. So whoever it is that you married, that's where your mind was. When I married Janine at 24 years old, that's where my mind was. Your vision chooses your friends. Your vision chooses your mate and it chooses your attitude towards life. It is only your vision that will force you to make the adjustment. It'll force you. It'll force you to attend some meetings. It'll enforce you to say, I gotta talk to some people that I haven't normally talked to. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make a call. It'll force you to make a call. And, and watch this, vision will reveal your friends and your enemies. You don't even know who your real friends are. Why? Because they haven't even seen what you are really about yet. In other words, you haven't even given people an opportunity. When you are not walking in vision, when you don't have a detailed narrative, a detailed narrative of what your spirit life looks like, what your marriage looks like, what your home life looks like. Let me tell you how powerful vision is. My daughter said, Dad, God spoke to me. 
This is Gracie. She said, God spoke to me. And Janine and I said, well, what did he say? She said, he said, you are not only going to pay for college for me, but you are going to buy me a car on my birthday. Watch this. Yeah, it's funny, right? And she kept saying it because she was rehearsing her vision. And, and guess, what she, guess what she did, Blake? She started sending me pictures of the car. She said, did you get it? She was texting, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? Melanie, well, she was saying, did you get it? I was, like, I was like, I deleted it. She was like, I sent it to mom too. You was on the group text. You can't get out of it, right? So I said, I got it. Now watch this. Let me tell you how it works. Yesterday, she and Janine were visiting the college she said we were going to pay for. She's only a junior. Watch this. That's how faith works. See, not a, see, your vision will go to work on other people, too. That's what I'm trying to tell Sybil. Your vision will start to go to work on other people because other people will start to read your vision and run with it. So guess what Janine said? See, you know, you know uh, uh, married folks have a lot of uh, deliberations in the car. And so we were having a deliberation in the car. She said, what do you think we're going to do for Grace about her car? <laughs> now, Grace wasn't even around, but see what happens? The moment she set the vision in place, now it's inviting us to see what we're going to do. And we're actually discussing this young lady's plan who said, God spoke to me about my college and my car. Now watch this, now watch this, watch this. Here's the, here's the, uh, the double benefit when you start to walk in vision. In order to do that, Watch this. God says, son, I'm going to answer your daughter's prayers because she's moving in faith. But guess what I'm going to do for you? I am going to move you and your wife to another level. God, y'all ain't, ain't hear me. I'm going to move you to another level so you can uh, answer her request and it not break you. God, are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? That's the grace of God. Now, now because I, I was in a meeting the other day and I'm saying this not to impress you, but to impress upon you how this works. I'm in a meeting the other day, Friday night, and a woman that I'm working with, she says to another woman, uh, I'm doing business with him. You need to do likewise. She just said, where do I sign up? That's how it works. That's grace. That's grace. But watch this. But watch this. But because I'm working for you, son, on this angle, and I'm supplying all your needs on this angle, when I ask you, God, to show up and represent in the community, guess who better be there? you, God. 
I hope, I, I hope you, I hope you are getting this. Your vision chooses your future. If you're not married, it will choose your mate. Watch this. People ask me all the time, how do I start meeting different people? How do I start meeting different people? Start doing different stuff. Start doing different stuff. See, watch this. Your vision, your vision, that, that, that's right. How do I, 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 I just feel like I can't really meet anybody. Well, you're still on your block. You're still within a 10 mile radius. You didn't travel anywhere. Why don't you go to an island? Why don't you, well, I don't, no, no. See, that's why you gotta craft the vision. Once you craft the vision, the vision will start to consume you. The vision will consume you. It'll, it'll pull you into getting in shape. It'll pull you into to studying. You, watch this, your vision will pull you into start fasting. Your vision will pull you into prayer. Your, I'm trying to tell you, your vision will have you in some workshops. Your vision will have you getting some training that you never thought you could get. Your vision will have you around some people and say, hey, hey, just, just, just act like this. Even though you don't have it yet, just act like this. Just act the part. Just get dressed. You know how to do that, right? Just get dressed. Somebody put that in the chat. Just get dressed and act the part. Act like you know what you're doing until your mind catches up to the Holy Ghost can speak to you and say, I'm going to teach you what to do when you get there. You got to start getting dressed, getting ready, because why? You're going places. That's what vision does. Vision creates the expectation. And before you know it, you'll say, I was married now. <laughs> then you start telling people, I just got back from that trip, y'all. I just witnessed to 5,000 young people hooded up, new balance doing, and they received him. That's the type of stuff that I'm talking about. Here's the last slide. Watch this. This is where your fight is. Get this, screenshot it, send it to your cousin, send it to your aunt. Here's your fight. Your fight. Here's the tension. You are always going to have to fight between your past and your future. Now, if you have no defined future, you will pull your past into your present. So you, so you just start living out more of the same, more of this sad marriage, more of this sad stuff, more of these sad realities and you have more depression, more this, more that. Why? Because you never clearly define your future. The, the present is neutral. You either pull your past into the present moment or you pull your future into the present moment. It's either or. Now, your mind, this is, this is by Robert Fritz, your mind is always struggling for one image. Remember that, remember that TV thing where you could have two screens? You could have in one box what you would see on the next channel, and then you would have what you were already watching. Your mind can only deal with one image. God help me, I hope you get the revelation. Your mind can only deal with one image. You gotta tell your mind, what it will be. And that is why you have to create a vision for your 
future. And you realize that anytime people have a coming soon sign up, it's a Johnny on the spot there, wires hanging out, sheetrock everywhere, but they still gave you a picture of what's coming soon. You might be in the worst place of your life, but once you create a picture of what's coming soon, then the sheetrock goes up, pop. Then the pipes, all of that, then the floor comes down, coming soon. That's why you have to declare, this is what's coming soon from my life. I might not be there yet, but this is coming soon. I might not have lost 20 pounds yet, but I lost three. This is coming soon. I might not have $20,000 yet, but I have a thousand. This is coming soon. I might not have 10 contracts, but I have three. This is coming soon. My son didn't get saved yet, but my daughter and my other son did. This is coming soon. My whole block is not saved yet, but two people did. This is coming soon. I'm not praying for an hour, but I'm praying for 25 minutes now. This is coming soon. And when you do that, God will say, daughter, son, come on, come on, come on. I'm going to give you more grace. And then he'll introduce you to more people. I bless you. I thank you. Some of you might say, man, I, I need to be saved. You can hear a word sometimes and you can say, I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad to be in the house of God. If you know that without a shadow of a doubt, wow, I need to realize the truth of what Jesus Christ did. He died for that old man to be buried and he rose from the dead to give us newness of life. If you want to accept him as your savior, he can release the newness of life upon you, that you become a new man and old things, old visions, old hurts, old this, He's saying, you ain't got to modify your behavior. Your identity, your true identity is locked up in Christ. That's the part of you that the kingdom speaks to. And that's the part of you that holds your future. If you want to accept him today, I welcome you. There are people on the lines. There are people that you can text. The number will be in the chat. If you're saying, I want to make that move. To make Jesus my Lord, I welcome you to do that. I bless you and I pray that your year will be crowned with goodness. Peace. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.